I think, you know, like going back to talking about things that repeat themselves, I just feel, you know, what I realize is there appears to be uh, what I seem to be chipping through anyway is, um, you know, being judgmental. Uh huh. And, sure. um, and so, therefore, one can be critical. Yes. And what does that get you? It doesn't get me anywhere. However, what I have to keep doing is I either go like this, <laughs> <laughs> or I just go a step for a law, a step for a law, a step for a law. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so I don't, I, you know, so that's, Something. I mean, I I don't. Well, I don't like it. I know it's not about me, but we're. Working it's a habit that we, we all have, and we we've learned it from our parents. We've learned it from our teachers. And for me, what what burned it out pretty much was being making a judgment about some people, and then being slapped across the face going, that is not how these people are. And being so embarrassed that I had made this call that I, I, I was ashamed. And this happened a number of times. That was kind of like, Allah is Hakim. He's the judge, not me. I have no right. And no matter, even if I do judge, I'm going to get it wrong because I never have all the information. So my, my, my suggestion is, first of all, Allah is Hakim. And just remember, Allah is the judge, not me. And the other side of that is, and I don't want to be judged either. Nobody knows me like I know me. And why I do what I do is nobody's business. And that's on the other side as well. And it's not my business, you know, to, to make that call. Um, of course, we have to discriminate given people's actions and words about whether or how close we want to be with them. That's, that's part of boundaries. Setting boundaries is, that's our job. But there's, you know, how much you interpret that as being the other person, that's something else. That's none of our business. Not none of our business who they love, why they do what they do. And if they ask for help, that we be able to help in any way that we think is appropriate for us, as long as we keep our boundaries. But, uh, that, yeah, the other side of that is I don't want to be judged by others. And if I don't, then other people don't want to be judged either. So it's one of those things that like, do you want to be shamed like I was? Or would you prefer to make that a free choice? Mm. So do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Yes. yes. And don't judge others if you don't want to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. But the understanding that we all have a pattern of behavior that, that's built in that we have to unlearn. And it usually takes more energy to unlearn something than it is to learn it. 
And also, I think, to learn um, not to, not to, I was going to use the word spit out what mm. you think. So if you think somebody is talking a load of rubbish, right, I guess the the thing is, you know, it's it's um, very tempting to say. It would be of rubbish. course, yeah. Um, but to just keep quiet, yes, and accept that that might be their reality, and does it really matter? You know, um, and that I think sometimes can be challenging too. Yes, because um, <laughs> I think there's there's part of us that wants to fix others. For some of us, and, and that's again not our job. <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> I used to keep having these boyfriends, and I'd think, "Oh, oh, it's okay. We can work it all out," you know. And you realise can't change anyone. You know, it is what it is. So just let go. Yeah. You know, the best way to help somebody is just to love them. Mm -hmm. Just to give them the space sometimes to say what they need to say and listen. And, you know, if a law prompts you to say something, you know, you'll know from your heart what to say. But if you don't get anything, don't say anything. It's kind of like, Sometimes people just need to get the words out and then they can see what they've said and go, well, that's stupid. <laughs> or not. But again, it's not my job to judge or fix. So not only that, but it, the way Sufi's approach that is everybody's our teacher. We're going to learn something. Mm. But we don't, we talk as soon as somebody said something they were not assessing the lesson. Mm -hmm. It's important that you, you listen and go, well, what are they really saying? Why? Because the words people say are, are not what they mean, usually. And if they do, maybe about 10% of it is okay. The rest of it is just Static. I mean, if I if I was to really say, I really just want to be loved, which is what everybody's saying, whatever words they're using, they use all these other words just to say that. <laughs> I just want to be loved for who I am. I don't want to have to prove anything. I don't want to have to, you know, wiggle everything out. You know, just can you accept me for who I am? <laughs> and that's, that's the essence of, essence of conversation, you know. So, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, and, and, and then, you know, conversely, there's so much joy if you can see joy, you know. So, for instance, um, going past... A barber shop, and I have the one saw this 
family, sibling, mother, father, mm. mother, and they all had this smile on their face. And out of curiosity, I thought, hmm, why are they sitting on a chair like, you know, and I turned around and there was a young fellow who probably went to the barbers for the first time. Right. And he was a family so proud that he was having his first haircut. It was like, oh, gosh. You know? It was just I could feel the joy of that makes sense, you know. So things like that can bring smiles onto one's face, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think it's about learning to see and heal those things too for them, you know. Um, Again, that's part of our possible intention to look for joy. Yes, indeed. Because we can we'll find whatever we're looking for, basically. We want to look for darkness and depression and disconnection, not difficult to find. Looking for joy takes a little more effort, but it'll make you feel better. Mm. Absolutely. It's like, you know, one can smile at doggies and look at them and see how they react, and they usually do. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. The owners go, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Any Anything else? Does, does that help? Yes. About yes. judgment? Because it's... Yeah. We all do it, and and it's important to recognize it. I'm judging. Where is this coming from? Do I want to be judging? And then to go, no, I have no right. And then just to just to follow up with that, so that you are aware that you're doing it. We do it all the time, but to be aware of it, then you can do something. Then you're a witness to seeing that and then you can make a choice about what you want to do with it and I think also you know, perhaps recognizing the times that it happened you oh know? okay so is it through anyway um meaning boredom um you know is it like, when does it happen? Um, because I think everybody has passion through the day, you know, and there are certain times when these things can come up. And I think, well, whether it's, that's what I feel anyway, could be wrong, could be a load of rubbish, really. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but I think in, in, in recognising that, you know, perhaps what one can do is change what you do during that time. To do that, you have to have strategy in mind. Yeah, because I know with me it happens when I'm having a shower. Now, why? I don't know. No idea. I've got to sort this out. Any ideas on the mean? Maybe I should stop having a shower, do you think? <laughs> I'll just be a smelly little person. You won't have many friends, yes? <laughs> Not even you. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be your friend. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, here comes Jasmine. Pull her all the way from Melbourne. <laughs> Do you, do you think that's the time when your brain isn't quite as active or engaged in other things? Well, uh, I think the brain is an amazing. Well, the first thing is we think are off our thoughts, right? Good question. Um, so that's something to be pondered if there is an answer. The other thing is that the mind has an amazing way of not concentrating what, on what one needs what, what did you say? I, I'm sorry. I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What? <laughs> so the thing is, I think the NAFs have a way of interfering. Mm -hmm. So what happens is one can think about God, one can pray, one can do was it Wuzu or whatever, you know, um, but somehow this little thing, you know, um, from outside comes and goes, oh, well, that person, you know, did this, that wasn't right, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like the interference that comes through. I think, I think there is, there's two ways of thinking. One is brain thinking, and and that's known as gigo, garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> Whatever you've put in there is just, you know, percolating, just doing its thing. But when you work on listening to your heart and having a dialogue with your heart, that's a different part of our being that we can communicate with and it works differently than the brain. The brain is just, you know, processing stuff to help us survive. The heart is our connection to reality. This isn't real. This is just, this is just stuff that's just been, you know, computing. It's just trying to figure out how do I get through the day? and has picked up all these uh, habits that a, a lot of us have not gone through an inventory to go, well, I don't like this habit or that habit or that habit. I need to fix this. So the brain's on its own course until you take charge of it, which takes a lot of work. And this is what we started off with about what's the work. The work is identifying the nafs and doing something about it. The heart, though, okay, and the purpose of doing that so that you can have a, a dialogue with your heart and ask it questions and listen to it and be able to identify, that's my heart. That's not my brain. So I think it's a, 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 a distinct difference between those kinds of thinking. When you listen to your heart, your heart's different. Your heart says, let's go in the other room. Let's use that. Time to wash the dishes. Why don't you lay down for a little bit? I feel funny. Can we talk about this? I need to process some things. Very quiet, but it kind of keeps you balanced. And it is, is sincere. 
brain is just kind of going, uh, just all the different habits that you've acquired over time. It's just an adaptation. So if your intention is to take charge of your brain, that's part of what the purpose of zikr is. It's one of those things that, like, there's a real deep reason why we do zikr, and that is so that we're taking charge of the brain and saying, I don't want to think about judging people. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. This is where I want to put my brain energy. The brain goes, no, stop doing that. I want to think, I want to do this. You go, wait a minute, who's in charge here? Is it me or is my brain trying to take charge? And usually the brain, the brain is trying to grab attention and going, well, I'm used to doing it this way. It's just, just, it's just wiring. What we're trying to do is rewire the brain. And to do that means unlearning old patterns. And the older the pattern, the more effort it requires to rewire the physiology. But it's plastic enough that you can do it at any age. It's not locked. It, it's, it's plastic. It's, man, it's manipulatable. As people mature, they become more mellow and they become accepting. Is that part of the process? No, I think that that's, I think that that's just stopping the fight. fight. That's stopping fighting the naps. That's lazy, I think. So, I'm giving up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was taking a, a driving test with this old uh, policeman who had decided to become a driving assessor. And, and, it, and I said, so how do, you, how do you see things? I mean, you, were, you went undercover, you were doing all these different high adrenaline jobs and everything. So how are you now? He says, I just go with the flow, man. <laughs> and I'm like, was he on something? No. No, he was like, <laughs> it was like, and what I heard him saying was, I've just, I've just let go. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not going to try and fix myself or anybody else. I give up. So does that make sense? Yeah. That, that when you get older, it's kind of like, I don't want to fight anymore. What's, what's the point? And the point is getting to know your heart and being connected with your heart. But that's, that's where, I mean, it's the most precious thing in the universe. There's nothing more valuable than being able to have a dialogue with your heart and to be connected and feel connected to Allah. If you don't feel that, there's no purpose. Purpose is feeling that you and Allah are working together. So, the, yeah, the brain's just going <laughs> to, it's on recycle all the time. The question is, what is it to be human? If we were to, for example, scan our brains into some uh, alternate universe where everything is, um, we're like seeing 
is where I pixels in in a a uh, simulated world. If if we were and we're this is getting close to being able to do that. Is that life? And are we then human? What's the point of being a human if there's no mystery, or there's no love, and there's no challenge? That that's what makes life. And without without mystery, challenges, and difficulties, what what are we? Uh, recently, what I've been um, reflecting on is that we have our sort of our, our adaptive self is what we take on from family and society and culture, etc. Um, and then, yeah, we have the real self. We, I think what you're alluding to, Shake, is that our relationship with our heart. So, yeah, during the day we have so many thoughts that we're bombarded Um but, you know, how real are they? And I think in part, as I'm saying, you, you've just answered the question. So these thoughts, it's like, yeah, this dance between our heart and our brain. And I suppose my, one of the questions was, you know, how do we do that? But I think you've just answered it. About, it's, it's, a, it's a process and it's about holding the intention. But my other question was, is that sometimes I feel a lot of these thoughts and feelings are not real because they've been, uh, we've taken them on. Um, you know, we put them on like a, a coat or some clothes and they're familiar. But what's connected to them is emotions and feelings. And so if the thoughts are not real, then, you know, are the emotions and feelings real? What do you think? Well, it's, I'm going back to previous conversation that we've had. It's like it's data, it's information. Um, so I'm starting to get to that. Hmm. <laughs> I, and this is a dance where I think it's, it's real, but it's not real. So it's real because I'm being affected as a human being. And it's letting me know that something's going on within my environment. But if I take on the objective persona or the witness, then the feelings sort of tend to just let go away. The emotions tend to go away. So it's like, oh, so if I have the intention of being a witness to them and observing, then they're not as I'm not as impacted, but if I'm but if I'm in this place where I'm feeling these things and having these emotions, then yeah, it feels real. So is it perspective? What if there were different levels of reality? Uh-huh. And that when we talk about feeling like envy or jealousy or or wanting to fix somebody because we think we know the answer or or we're making a judgment because we think we know what's what's right and we do this also culturally when we look at other cultures uh, we, we 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 tend to 
get pulled into these things and we have really strong feelings for them. In that, think of it as kind of like a depth. Like there's this, there's the top of the water and then we go all the way down and each of these have a different level of reality. And that this, this top layer is just uh, each one. It's like we talked about with the script. You're reading from a script and you act with a certain amount of feeling, like a fear. Like, I, I'm afraid people will think I'm an idiot. Okay, that fear. Oh, no, they'll think I'm a fool if I say that. Or I don't want to appear this way. And so it's connected with that. Which and in this kind of spectrum of reality is just it's kind of an interconnected um, thing that maybe came from school or or if you're in a large family, you know, being picked on or, you know, it could be a lot of different things. But those the, the feeling and that state of mind are old patterns. It's just a wiring again. It's just kind of you're connected that way. At a different level, you can look at that and go, oh, there's that pattern again. But now I have enough objectivity. I have a little bit of distance that I can look at this and go, that's something I learned when I was nine years old. And it's been with me since then. Just for example, which makes that look like it's just it's automated. Mm. It doesn't have any roots, per se, with reality of it or of a deeper reality. Mm-hmm. Does that make yes. sense? Yes, it makes sense. Yes. I think things when on a deeper level mm. comes from the heart. There's a thing we call gnosis, which is it's. it's it's a connection of both the body and the heart and the mind all synchronized into feeling and knowing a certain thing. As an example, the love you have for a certain person, whether it's familial or, or, or a mate, you know, like for your brother, it's love, it's unconditional. And, and you know it, it's not like facts. It's not like it can change. It's not like somebody can convince you or oratorically create some kind of universe where that's not viable. It's like, you know this. That's gnosis. Gnosis or Gnostic understanding is cannot be taken away from you. It's a very deep knowing. And that's real. I can't tell you not to love your brother. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, where in reality does that live? It doesn't. Whereas things that you think you know, like facts, can change. I grew up with nine planets. Now there's only eight. (laughs) I feel the loss. You know, it's just exchange. 
Does that does that follow through? Yes, it does. Yes, thank you, Shaq. Yeah. Okay. In terms of you know coping with stuff, so so there are thoughts that come into your mind and which would and you will react emotionally or otherwise in a in a certain way, uh, and you know, uh, and you then build strategies to cope with those. You know mm-hmm. how you react to them, um, but. But still, you know, you don't have any control over those thoughts coming in the first place, and uh, I don't know where they come from, as you said, or why you react to them in a way that you do. And uh, there is no strategy for either of that, right? So uh, to either stop the thoughts or that they have no impact or we, there is no conscious strategy you could have uh, in my, in my experience, uh, you know, you could, you could have a strategy for it to soften the blow. You could deep breathing or, or, uh, you know, there could be tens of different strategies that you use to, you know, soften that blow, but you really never control it. And, and when they go away, you're not really, show why they went away uh, uh, okay and why they stopped impacting you uh, so you know I, although you struggle with it but when 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 they stop stop coming or stop having an impact on you it's not because of conscious effort uh, i don't know okay we're talking about deaths yeah and and how the brain works and you know, in a play, there's certain lines that you have and there's certain lines she has and certain things that I need to say to cue her to say her lines. If I don't say the cue, she isn't going to know when to come in. So I set up a cue. Oh, look, there's corpses in the air again. That's the cue for her to go. Oh no, not again! And be and appear to be scared or excited. We work from cues. They're, very often, they're not there because the cue isn't there. But somebody, and this is part of learning our nets, is figuring out what the cue is. Now, oh look, porpoise is in the air again. Oh no. How can that happen again? Oh, no. What are we going to do? It's exciting and scary. <laughs> so the cues are, are built in, but we, because it's part of our, mm, our milieu, what we live in, like fish live in water, this is what we live in. We live in this cue script system that's given to us by our family and our culture and our background and our experiences that this is what I'm talking about with the wiring. When that cue appears, then we go into this state of mind of whatever it is. It could be a fear, it could be love, yeah. So the cue could be Anything I'm guessing could be a text message, yeah, could be a photo, it could be even the sound of footsteps, yeah, 
Okay. Or somebody yelling certain. Uh, oh, sorry. Deja vu. My parents yelling at each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I guess in in going into the thinker of our thoughts, right? Um, dreaming is a really interesting thing, I feel, because sometimes you go, don't know these people, don't know where this place is. You know, where does all this come from? Oh, well, dreams, uh, Sheikh Tanner will say, we basically have two kinds of dreams. One is world dreams, where we're trying to work out problems or anxieties, and it's a, it's a way of, of processing data. Uh, and so things take on symbolic form because that's how our subconscious works or unconscious. Uh, and it, it transforms through these two symbols that appear in our dreams, depending on each, each person has their own set of symbols. Then there's spiritual dreams, which are teachings that come to us to help us move on the path on our sula. Okay? So there may be other kinds of dreams that are from other people or other places or other dimensions, but these are basic two. But we're so unusual how we have evolved over you know a million years to work in symbols. Everything we do is symbolic. Even the words I'm using are symbols. And so our unconscious mind, you know, all the processing happening is symbolic. Because that's how we work. So is it therefore significant to understand those symbols? Yeah. You can talk with me. I have some recognition of some of those or I can help you work with the symbols. Okay? So you can get a, a feeling for that language. Because it could be water, but it's still... Water. Absolutely. And murky water. Mm -hmm. And all contextual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. How does prayer help in all of this? Um, you know, sometimes I felt the more nothing works, you, you know, go into a deep prayer and, uh, you know, ask for something. It, it kind of, whether it's, you know, getting rid of something or, or stop reacting to the way you have reacted to certain things, it, it works. So how does it, how does it wire your, or rewire your brain? Because apparently it doesn't look very logical. Prayer, prayer is going directly through the heart. You bypass the brain. Hmm. So you're not working uh, like you usually do. And you're taking the energy that's used in keeping the nefs going. And I liken this to, uh, you ever seen in a variety show? the guy with the dishes 
spinning on poles. It's kind of like that. If you think of each one of those as nefs, and it requires keeping them going and the energy that that takes, and that if you stop doing that, they'll fall down and break. It's kind of like, why do we put all that energy into keeping these dishes spinning? Or, or the cats <laughs> dancing around. Whatever you've got going on stage is a distraction. And that when you do the prayer, you're going and just using your heart for connection. Sometimes, especially when you want forgiveness, you re, you're, you're, it's much more focused. It's like a laser beam directly to Allah going, help me. And the thing is, is you know what we say, you know, if you just a step towards Allah, Allah will come running. That's what we're talking about. That's the idea that by putting your energy towards Allah, Allah can then respond. But Allah can't respond unless you make some effort. So that you and Rumi talks about this all the time in the very opening of the Masnavi. He's talking about creating a flute from the reeds on the bank. And, and says this is the the sound the reeds wanting to return to where they came from. The flute. So that yearning is part of us. It's part of our spiritual uh, connection. And by allowing it to take us towards Allah, it will return that energy. It's a circuit. Like forgiveness is a circuit. The question you might have asked is if you're praying, praying for something, right? Like, to make something go away or um, whatever, you know. Um, I, 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 and, and perhaps it's not not for me to process my thought. Um, yeah, maybe there's here. The first thing is um, Allah knows what's going on in, in our minds and our minds, right? And perhaps when one prays, um, one prays because you want to be close to God, but perhaps not ask for it. I don't know. Am I, mm. I think that's a, a real personal thing and not something has nothing to do with me. Each person has their own relationship with the heart. Mm -hmm. and, and finding out works for you and your suit. That's mm -hmm. your connection to Allah. How you get there is your adventure. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. And, and, and I think, I mean, look, on a um, probably not so serious note, you know, what one tends to find is having conversations all the time, you know, like, um, oh, please, God, let all the traffic lights be green. I've got to get to shape sometime, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, just stuff like that. Um, Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, and then and then and then there's you know understanding that it's a lost time, it's a lost one, and uh, if it's me trying to make it happen, it's probably not gonna be the way I wanted to because there might be 10 other people coming for a red light. One should have left 15 minutes earlier, you know, yeah. instead of having this really tight schedule. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, got to get something, you know, to eat, got to go to the petrol station. I mean, all that could have been a bit earlier. So, <laughs> so we're very weird human beings, yes. aren't we? You know, it's like seriously. Yes. And instead of thinking, and the other way of thinking about this is we ask for miracles, you know, like all the green lights. And at the same time, though, we're already. In a state of being, mm -hmm. and Allah is trying to show us that we should trust Him by keeping everything just the way it should be with the physics and 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 geometry and gravity and all of all of the uh, forces of nature being trustable. Without them, you know. This cow should turn into a cow. Yeah. And my fingers should turn into cats. Oh, And then, then we have problems. Yeah. Is that a cat with a cat? So, this is also realizing it's. Just to be alive, and uh, yeah. but, but you mean sometimes, um, sometimes what happens is one gets to well in in one's mind and body and soul there is no fear of doing something, right? And it's always someone else who starts to spark doubts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then you go. Oh. So, classically, you know, it could be, um, you know, like I never used to um, have security or, you know, whatever in the house. And I remember, oh, I said, no, because. I just put angels around the house when I leave. Now, that's a pretty cosmic thing, but to somebody who's logical, right, that would be a bit of a nonsense. Yes. Right. But that's, that was good for me, and it always worked. Thank God, you know. Um, thank you. And, um, you know, things like um, walking in the evenings. Right. Honestly, 
I have no fear of doing that because I'm always doing my Z-car, right? I know we've been through this a million times. Um, and it just, just doesn't. But then, you know, occasionally, like, I'll come back and a neighbour might say, oh, geez, you're back late. And I go, no, no, I've just come back from a walk. I go, oh, my God, how can you do this at this time? I'd never be able to do it. And I'd go inside and I'd think, well, are you being stupid or something, you know? Yeah, this, this is the queuing that we just talked about. This is somebody else's reality trying to cue you to feel what they're feeling. That we can all feel fear together because it's an addiction, like a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And it's someone else's nap saying, Oh, I'm not comfortable doing this. But right. That's not reality. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and, and it, it's just that there seems to be a perception that as soon as the sun goes down, there's danger lurking. Mm. There seems to be a general perception about that. Yes. And if you're a girl, well, geez, yes. you know. That makes it a hundred times worse. Right. And these are all bred in. And whether in reality, what you have to do is kind of check and be, be aware in the present moment. Rather, what that is, it's an old trope. Of that's what happens every, every night. Rather than going, it's safe tonight. Yeah, it feels safe. Okay, let's go along. That's being present. And, and also being aware rather than cutting yourself off. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, oh, look, I'm fucking weird, but I love the night. I just think it's so calm, you mm. know, and it's so. Connecting, you know, because mm-hmm. there's nothing else. There's the stars, there's the moon, there's reflections, mm-hmm. the shadows. And that sounds weird. Yeah, That's no, weird. it's all good. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Rahman Irahim, Maliki Yamadin. Ayakana Budua Yakana Stahin, Idina Sarata Mustakim, Sarata Lajina and Amta Lakim, Ayril Matubi Lakim, Waladin. Amin. Salamu alaikum Ratullah Barakatuh. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Sheikh. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Estelle. We'll speak soon. Hi. Hi. Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi Center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, 
rental services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.